Welcome to Conversations with the Co-op, your go-to podcast for the latest insights into the world of special education. I'm your host, Lainey Sandberg, one of the K-12 special ed coordinators with the Paul Bunyan Education Cooperative. Today, we have Jeff Lee with us to delve into a crucial aspect of special education, creating effective IEP goals and objectives. We're going to explore the nuances and strategies that help tailor these goals to better meet the needs of our students. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Lainey. It's a little different being on the side of the microphone, but I am super excited about this topic. It is something that I've had a lot of conversations with case managers lately. Um, Everyone has their own kind of recipe for how they create goals, and I think mine uh, kind of are intriguing to some people. Well, great. Well, let's start with the fundamentals. Creating IEP goals is a vital part of our role, but there's often confusion about what these goals should be based on. Some educators think that they should mirror the interventions precisely, but I've heard you discuss a more comprehensive approach. Can you share your perspective on why IEP goals don't necessarily need to align one-to-one with the intervention and what educators should consider when deciding on the right goals for a student? Yeah, that's a great question because I know that our case managers are looking at evaluative data and then they're looking at classroom data and they're really honing in on that and seeing what is the student's need and they're basing their goals on that but in that process they're also thinking how am I going to address this how am I going to write a goal for this need and sometimes in that process they think this is how I want to address it Uh, this is the intervention that I'm going to use And so I'm going to write a goal that aligns with that because it does make it easier if I have a process for doing something and monitoring it, then it makes it a lot easier to write the goal off of that. But too many times we get super specific or we break apart a goal into like these really tiny, tiny aspects instead of just looking at what is the overarching thing. Uh, The way I kind of been telling people is, When I think of a student and their needs, I think, what does that student need to do? What skill do we need to increase in order for that student to be independent and make progress in their classroom, right? And so when we think of even qualifying areas, I I think of reading, right? Reading fluency, reading comprehension. But we start to see these goals where they're just so ultra fine, where they're going to increase this number of segments per blah, 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 right? And that's good. That is something that we should be working on. But that doesn't tell me what that student needs to do in the classroom. And so I look at something like that fluency or that comprehension, and that's what I should base my goal on. So I want their fluency to increase, so I'm going to measure their fluency. I'm going to intervene with all the stuff that I can to increase that skill. And it might be some of these more like sub skills to it. So reading fluency, I might be working on uh, sight words. I might be working on phonics. I should hopefully be working on both of those at the same time because they both buoy up that idea of reading fluency. Yeah, that does make sense. That's a valuable perspective. It leads us to another topic, objectives. So these are seen as milestones or checkpoints within the broader IP goals. Could you clarify the relationship between objectives and the overarching goal in an IEP? Yeah, so objectives, a lot of times, uh, people are confused as to what the purpose of them is, right? Um, We know that we have to have two objectives. If I'm a parent 
and I'm getting a progress report, I want to know how much progress is my student making or is my child making to towards that goal. And if we start to use objectives that don't match the goal, that really just muddies the water. And it actually adds something else that I have to monitor. So for instance, if I do a reading fluency goal and I do objective one is they'll have this many sight words by December. And then the next one is they're gonna have this uh, percent of phonics on a CBM. As a parent looking at that, that doesn't tell me how fluent they are. Then, and as a case manager, then I'm taking progress monitoring data on the overall fluency, I'm taking it on sight words, I'm taking it on phonics, and I have to then have three different things that I'm progress monitoring. That's a lot. If I just break apart that and say, I'm gonna do reading fluency, they're gonna make this percent of progress, and then halfway through the year, they should be halfway through that goal. Objective number one would be that point. Uh, another way to kind of think about this is, uh, if, if I wanna lose weight, I'm going to measure my progress by how much I weigh. So if I wanna lose 20 pounds in a year, that's gonna be my goal. I know that to work on that, the interventions that I have to have are reducing caloric intake, increasing my minutes of exercise. Those shouldn't be my objectives. That's the intervention that I'm doing on it. It doesn't make sense then if I say by Christmas my caloric intake will be this. Yes, that would help me towards my overall goal, but it doesn't really tell me how much closer I am to my goal than not. I actually need to weigh myself in order to see did I lose enough weight to make progress on that goal? And so why wouldn't I just make the objectives that? Halfway through the year, I should be 10 pounds lighter because my overall goal is that I wanted to lose 20 pounds. My second objective might be three quarters of the way through, right? I should have lost 15 pounds. So I'm using the same measuring tool then for my goal and my objectives. I don't have to go and try to measure three different things. And one of the things there is to think that the progress monitoring doesn't have to match the intervention, right? I am going to work on my caloric intake. I'm going to work on my exercise. My overall goal, there's nothing I can do to like intervene and say, this is weight loss without affecting those two things. But they don't have to be my objectives. The goal should equal the progress monitoring. How am I going to progress monitor this? So those objectives seem a little broad. So how would a special ed teacher address those specific needs for a child? We need to look at the present levels, right? We need to be able to identify this is where the student's needs are and this is where the student's strengths are. And that's where we get really specific and we say that this student is has needs in this particular sub-skill, right? And then writing and explaining how that affects that overall skill. So going in there and saying the student doesn't have any phonemic awareness and that's affecting their fluency without specialized instruction in fluency and, and phonemic awareness, the student isn't going to make progress on that overall fluency goal. So really using those present levels to draw what are the specific needs of this student 
but we're using the goals and the objectives as a measuring tool. That's what we're measuring, and we're measuring how independent can that student be in the classroom. We're not looking at the peers and saying this is what their phonemic awareness is. We're looking at, hey, they can read this many words per minute, that they're keeping up with the content that they have in the classroom. No one is going in if the student is where they're supposed to be in that, in that average range and specifying and asking about their phonemic awareness. It's kind of assumed, right? I, I equate this a little bit to uh, when I used to teach CPR. They would say, you need to check if the person's airway is open, if they're conscious, if they're breathing, right? And you know the way that we would do that? We would shake them and say, hey, are you okay? And when they said, no, I'm not doing so hot, I know the airway's open. I know that they're conscious. I know that they're breathing, but I know they're still in need, right? And so I'm not going to jump into the most restrictive thing that I can do. So does that kind of clarify that a little bit? Yeah, that does really clarify things. Thank you. Lastly, I've also heard that you emphasize the importance of IEP goals aligning with the educational environment. However, it's not always clear how a student's disability may impact their, their skill development. Can you shed light on how IEP goals should reflect the expected skills within the educational context and how a student's disability can influence their progress? Yeah, so when we look at uh, the environment where they're at and we look at what, uh, what they're expected to do, really, that's, that should be where our goals are aimed at. If a student isn't being asked to do a certain thing in the classroom, then why would I create a goal for that? And if we're not asking students to do perform certain tasks in the classroom, like a writing goal. I, I came across a kindergarten writing goal that talked about writing five sentences with correct punctuation, capitalization, and spacing. Uh, even if that goal carries into the first grade, that's not what they're asked to do. Those are elements of what they're, they're working towards, but to do five sentences with all of those elements is a bit excessive. What is the goal in, in first grade or in kindergarten? It's to start to get those thoughts onto a page, right? So I, I need the student to be able to keep up with their peers in their writing. The teacher is teaching those things in the classroom. They're looking at that and saying, hey, we need to improve the spacing here. Hey, we need to improve punctuation here. But the standard in first grade isn't to write five sentences absolutely correct. So our goal for that student should not be more than what the standard in the classroom is. And we need to think about that as we're doing it. It's really why the general education teacher is such a vital part of that IEP team. If we start saying, this is the goal I'm proposing, we want that gen ed teacher to look at that and go, but no one in my class is doing that. Or that's an end of the year standard and that maybe could work on next year's IEP, but right now this is where my class is going, right? So really thinking about what is it in the classroom that those students are doing and tailoring it towards that. Well, thank you for joining us today and, in pro and providing your valuable insights into creating effective IEP goals and objectives. This conversation underscores the critical role these elements play in ensuring the success of our students. We look forward to future episodes when we continue to explore the ever-evolving world of special education.